Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night Bible study. Uh, we are glad that you're tuning in with us. And don't forget that you know the you know the routine. If you will, if you're watching by way of Facebook or uh, on social media, if you will just put a a, a, a little note there saying, "Hey, we're watching." Uh, who you are and where you're watching from, and that'll help me encourage me to let me know that you guys are out there. So just put a little note there. Let me know who you are and where you're watching from. And uh, if you don't mind, if you could hit the share button also, uh, and that helps us get it out and get more people to, to hear the word of God and, and, and see it there. So uh, let us know where you're watching from. Hit that share button and uh, let's get the word out tonight. All right. If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, I want you to take it and turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes in your Old Testament. Uh, uh, we're going to look today and, and here's what I want to try to do today. I, I want to I want to kind of piggyback off of what we we talked about on Sunday morning. You know, we talked about having success and having uh, experiencing a life of success in the new year and being in the will of God, seeking the will of God, submitting to the Holy Spirit, walking in the spirit and being obedient to what God has us to do. Now, that is what we are to do. That's what we talked about, the, the, the steps we're to take and what we're to do. And, and now I want to kind of, uh, when I say piggyback off of that, I want to kind of give you some motivation to do that. Uh, some reasons why we need to do that. And, and uh, we're going to take a, a, a story of, of uh, Solomon in his search, and this was, uh, this was a time when he was basically out of the will of God, but God allowed him to do something to show us uh, a truth here, and we'll see that at the end, okay? So, if you have your Bibles, look in Ecclesiastes chapter number 1, and we're going to start in verse number 12. We're going to read just a couple verses out of chapter 1, and then jump right into chapter 2, okay? Ecclesiastes 1 and verse number 12. It says, I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I gave my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the sons of man to be exercised therewith. I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight. That which is wanting cannot be numbered. I communed with mine own heart saying, Lo, I am come to a great estate and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. So we know we're talking about Solomon. He begins to tell about the, the, the things that he has experienced, what God has given him as far as wisdom goes. Now, now skip to chapter number two. Skip to chapter number two in verse number one. With all of this experience, with all of this wisdom he has, he goes on a search. He goes on a mission, if you will. He says, I said in mine heart, go to now. I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. And behold, this also is vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad of mirth. What doeth it? I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine. Yet acquainting my heart with wisdom and to lay hold on folly till I might see what is that good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. Now watch what he said he did. 
I made me great works. I builded me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruits. I made me pools of water to water wherewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens, and I had servants born in mine house. Also, I had great possessions of great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold and the peculiar treasures of kings and of the provinces. I got me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. And whatsoever mine eyes, now watch this now, this is a key. And whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit under the sun. Verse 12. And I turned myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do that cometh after the king? What can the man do which cometh after the king? Now that is so important. That is a key verse here. What can the man do that cometh after the king? Even that which hath been already done. Even that which hath already been done. Now, let's pray and we'll jump right into this, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm, I'm so grateful and thankful for you. I'm, I'm thankful for your love for us. I'm thankful for your mercy. Lord, I'm thankful for your word and the strength that you give us. I'm thankful, Lord, uh, for a, a, a message that we need to take to heart and we need to truly, truly believe in and, and practice God, I pray that your perfect will be done. Bless all those that are out there watching right now. Lord, I pray that you'll uh, be with all those that are struggling with the COVID and the family members that have members of their families with the COVID. Uh, Lord, this is a devastating thing that we are experiencing right now. And I pray for your divine care. And Lord, I pray that you'll please comfort those who've already lost loved ones and, and, and Lord, bring peace into their lives and their hearts. And I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, I want you to uh, uh, listen close. All of you in our Coleman campus and all you guys out there at Fairview uh, that are tuning in to Bible study tonight. Uh, this is this is a really, really important message. I, I, matter of fact, I, I probably should preach this every single first uh, or last win or last Wednesday or last Sunday or whatever it is for the new year. This should be an annual thing that we cover over and over and over again. Uh, this is really, if, if, if you want to have a title or if you want to, uh, uh, just put a label on this, it is the search for fulfillment, for satisfaction, to be happy, to, to be fulfilled in life. And the reason that we need to really talk about this every single year on an annual basis 
is because we are bombarded every single day by, by materialism. We're bombarded by the world's advertisements uh, uh, for manipulation coming from the world that you have to have this to be fulfilled. You have to have that. You have to buy this. You have to go there. You have to, and, 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 and I mean, it goes from, from food uh, to, to clothing, whatever it might be. We are hit. Every, on every side where you are being pulled apart saying you have to have this to be fulfilled. And, and most of it is a lie. Most of it is deception coming from Satan because he wants to distract you from being in the perfect will of God because only we're going to find out where the true source of fulfillment is, where the true source of satisfaction is, and, and, and find it here. Now, if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, if you've copied them off the, the, the website, or if you just want to write these down, here's what I want to do. First of all, I want to look at the subject of this particular story. The subject. Let's 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 learn who we're talking about here. If you go back to chapter number one, you go back to chapter number one, you'll find out who we're talking about. He says in verse 12, I, the preacher, was king over Israel in Jerusalem. Now we are referencing King Solomon, King Solomon. These are the writings of King Solomon. And this is David's son. We know that the second one in line after David. And, and, uh, we know there is something significant about this particular king, uh, that's not said about any of the others. Two things I want you to write down underneath the subject. We know King Solomon, uh, we want you to write this down. Now, a, 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 I want you to write, we see his wisdom, write that down. We see his wisdom. The Bible says, I gave my heart, verse 13, I gave my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom Concerning all things that are done under the sun. Look what he says in verse 16. He says, I am come to a great estate and have gotten more wisdom. Look at this. I have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. Now, let's talk about that just a minute. We know by reading scripture that King Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived before or after. We believe it without question, no question, because God gave him a supernatural wisdom. If you will go back into the, the scriptures and study, you'll find out that, that Solomon worshiped God and Solomon uh, dedicated his life to God and committed his life to God. God gave him, God gave him an opportunity to have anything he wanted. He said, Solomon, ask me anything you want. Give, uh, give me a request. And Solomon, instead of asking for popularity, instead of asking for peace in the kingdom, instead of asking for wealth and fame and all of these things that people want today, he said, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom to lead your people. Give me wisdom to be a good king. Give me wisdom to be what you'd have me to be. And my soul, God was pleased. God was pleased and answered his request. And gave him a supernatural wisdom. A wisdom that went beyond everybody before him. And I believe everybody after him. So we could basically say this. We believe that Solomon was the wisest man ever to be on the planet. 
the wisest man. Now we're not talking about Christ. We're not talking about Jesus. We're talking about Solomon. All right. Solomon. Uh, we know Jesus knows all things. He's omniscient. And, 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 and uh, but we, we are looking at a man, a complete sure enough man, Solomon. He's the wisest man ever to be on this planet. God gave him a supernatural wisdom. So we see his wisdom. This person on uh, 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 in this story, we see his wisdom. But then I want you to see his wealth. I want you to see his wealth. Uh, I, I, I'm going to look in first Kings chapter three. I'm going to look at first Kings chapter three, because I want you to understand, uh, when, when he asked God for this wisdom, when he asked God for this wisdom, God was so pleased with his answer. God was so pleased with his request that he gave him everything he didn't ask for. He's now watch what it says. First Kings chapter three, verse 11. And God said unto him, because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, watch what he says. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart. So that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. In other words, there was nobody smarter before him. There was nobody smarter after him. Nobody like King Solomon. And I have also, watch this, I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee, all thy days. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm talking about the person that we're going to be discussing tonight. The person that we are looking at here. He had supernatural wisdom. He had supernatural wisdom given to him specifically by God. There was nobody smarter than him before him. There is nobody smarter than him after him. He had a supernatural divine wisdom. And I'm, I'm emphasizing all this on purpose and you'll see why in just a minute. But we got to understand that nobody had more wisdom than him. Nobody had more knowledge and, 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 and ability to articulate uh, uh, the things around him like him. And he not only had a supernatural wisdom, but he had a supernatural wealth too. God gave him wealth above and beyond anything he could ever imagine or wish. So here, let's look at this a minute. We have a man, we have a man who is king and in authority. He has, he has, uh, all the wealth that the world could ever possibly give or offer. He had all the wisdom, the knowledge, the, 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 the ability uh, to use knowledge in a right way. Uh, he has all wisdom and, and a supernatural wisdom. Uh, he has the ability to, to, to have authority. Nobody can say no to him. Okay. So maybe, maybe we could say it this way. He's got everything the world has to offer. Think about that a minute. He has everything the world has to offer. We find one man that God allowed to be on this planet to have it all. Now, there are many that's wanted it all. There's many that's tried to conquer the world and, 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 and have it all. 
But God let one man have all the wealth and all the power and all, all the, the, the wisdom that this world could offer. Now, now knowing that, knowing the background of this person we're discussing and talking about, let's go into his search. That's number two. We see the subject, number one, the subject, King Solomon, wealthy King Solomon, wise King Solomon, supernaturally wise. Nobody smarter before, nobody is smart after. One man having it all. Now, number two, I want you to see the search. I want you to see the search. Look what he says in verse one of chapter number two. Verse one, I said in mine heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure and behold, this also is vanity. This is vanity. Uh, he says in verse number three, I sought in mine heart to give myself unto wine. Yet acquainting myself with wisdom and laying hold on folly till, watch this now, watch this, till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they should do under the heaven all the days of their life. Now, here's something we, can, we need to discuss about the search, this search he is on, this, uh, this inquiry that he has. First, I want you to see the direction of the search. Write that down. A, the direction of the search. A key part of this verse is in the phrase under the heaven, under the heaven. If you will look in verse number three, he says, which they should do under the heaven. All right. Now, here's what I want to explain to you. If you're reading the book of Ecclesiastes, the whole book, the whole book is about his search. The whole book is about his journey. And by the way, by the way, this took place when he was out of the will of God. Okay. This took place when he was backslidden. If you know the backstory, you know that in Solomon's later years, uh, because of all of the women that he had, all of the wives that he had, they led him astray to follow other false gods. And so here we find this, this king who had the supernatural wisdom, had supernatural ability, had supernatural wealth. He had everything this world had to offer, but yet he's, he has now backslidden against God and his perfect will. And he's going on a search. He's going on a journey, if you will. And, and this is, this is what it is all about to help us understand this. It, it, you're going to hear over and over and over again in the book of Ecclesiastes, because the book of Ecclesiastes is the record of this journey. It's the record of this search by King Solomon. You're going to hear the phrase under the sun or under the heaven over and over and over again, under the sun, the labor they have under the sun, under the heaven. Now, let me, let me explain that. That means here on earth, here on earth, he's wanting to find fulfillment, success, happiness, satisfaction here on earth. And, and, and let me put it this way. It's basically, he's, he's trying to say, I'm going to try to find fulfillment without God. I'm going to find joy. I'm going to find peace. I'm going to find what I'm looking for. I'm going to find fulfillment and satisfaction. I'm going to try to find it here on earth. In other words, without God, without his presence, without his direction, I'm going to find it here without God's provision. And you know what? There's a lot of people doing that today. 
They're trying to find fulfillment in alcohol. They're trying to find fulfillment in drugs. They're trying to find fulfillment in activities. They're trying to find fulfillment in hobbies. They're trying to find fulfillment in possessions. They're trying to find fulfillment in, 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 in women and men and, and, and illicit affairs. And, and they're trying to find it in their job. They're trying to find it in their children. They're trying to find it in money. They're trying to find it in possessions and everything else that this world says. If you have this, you'll be happy and fulfilled. The search is on. It continues. It never ends. And, and we're going to find that Solomon in his backslidden state is in a search for fulfillment. But without God, without his provision, without his hand, without his presence and his direction. So we see the search is trying to find fulfillment here in what the world has to offer. All right. Now, now knowing that now, but keep in mind, keep in mind. Even though he was in a backslidden state, God allowed him to retain his wisdom. God allowed him to retain his supernatural wisdom uh, to, to assist him in this search down here on earth. Now, watch what he says. Watch what he says. Watch what he experienced. Watch what he bought. Watch what he did. He said, he said, I saw it in my heart. I was going to just be happy with mirth and pleasure. Uh, I, to lay hold on folly. He said, I made me great works. Verse four, I made me great works. I builded me houses. I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens of orchards and I planted trees in them of all kinds of fruit. I made me pools of water to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens and had servants born in my house. Also, watch this. I had great possessions. Great possessions, great and small cattle above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold and the peculiar treasures of kings of the provinces. I got me singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men of, of musical instruments. And that of all, in other words, he didn't, he, 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 he paid for entertainment. He had all kinds of wealth. He had all kinds of silver and gold and possessions and things and, and every, every kind of entertainment that was available. He said, so I was great and increased. Look at verse nine and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. God allowed him to keep that wisdom even in his backslidden state. And whatsoever mine eyes, look how, look how in depth this went. Whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my portion of all my labor. Then, then there's always a then there's always a then. Now, before we go into to be. Let's, let's review this a second. Okay. He says, I bought houses. I built houses. I planted vineyards. I planted trees. I had servants and men servants. I, I had uh, gold and silver and, and possessions. He said, I, I got singers and, and, and musical instruments. I was entertained. I, I paid for pleasure and entertainment. Basically, he said, I had wine, women, and song. Now, think about this. Think about this, guys. Please, please think about this. He said that if his eye saw it, 
He didn't withheld anything. He didn't hold back anything. In other words, if he wanted, he got it. If he wanted to do it, he did it. If he wanted to see it, he saw it. If he wanted to buy it, he bought it. If he wanted to go there, he went there. He didn't hold back anything. Now, now let's think about what that means. God allowed one person on this planet. God allowed one person on this planet to retain a supernatural wisdom. In other words, if there was anybody that was going to find the goody out of this thing, it was going to be Solomon. If there was anybody, if fulfillment and satisfaction could be found on this earth without God or without his presence or without his hand or without his provision, if there was one man that would be able to find it, it would have been Solomon because he had a supernatural wisdom. And he said, I bought it. If it was there, I could buy it. I bought it. If there was there to do it, I did it. If there was there to see it, I saw it. I had it all. I had it all. I seen it all. I did it all. I bought it all. I I experienced it all. Listen, if this world could offer it, he did it. He had it. He experienced it. Now I want you to see this. Not only do we see the direction of the search, it was here on earth. It was not with God. It was not about God. It was not anything spiritual. It was, I'm going to find fulfillment with what this world has to offer. Please get that. The direction of his search is, I'm going to find satisfaction and fulfillment with what this world has to offer. But then B, I want you to see the disappointment. The disappointment in his search. We saw a man with untold wealth. Untold ability. Nobody can say no to him. Untold resources. And he said, when I did it and I saw it and I experienced it after my search, this is what I come up with. This is what I come up with. Verse 11. Then I looked on all the works of my hands. I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought and on the labor that I had labored to do. Watch this now. Behold. Behold. Behold means look. Pay attention. Look. Pay attention. Behold. All. All of it was vanity. All of it was vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit under the sun. You see that phrase under the sun. When I had all that this world had to offer, when I experienced all that was there. He said it was vanity. The word vanity in your notes, if you've printed off your notes, the word vanity means emptiness. Emptiness. It means a vapor. That which vanishes quickly. Watch this and leaves nothing behind. Now, now let's think about that. Read that again. Emptiness. Emptiness. A vapor. That which vanishes quickly and leaves nothing behind. He said, I laughed, but the laughter came to an end. I rejoiced, but the rejoicing came to an end. I, I, I was, I was, I felt a sense of, Happiness, if you will. 
by the things that I'd done, but it was short-lived. It was short-lived. It ceased quickly with nothing left behind. He said, after I did it all, seen it all, had it all, it left me feeling empty. It left me feeling empty. Now, I'm telling you, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than feeling empty. Feeling unfulfilled. Not having a sense of satisfaction in life. And Solomon said, even in my wisdom and all of my power and all of my ability and all of my wealth, I've got it all. And it left me empty. It left me, and it uses the phrase vexation of spirit. Vexation means to torture. He said, my spirit was tortured. I couldn't find no peace. Not only will you feel empty, not only will you feel empty, but you'll feel tortured, a lack of peace. He said, I, I had all that this world had to offer. Everything under the sun. Everything under the heaven. And it left me empty. You see, his search, his search left him unsatisfied. Now, let me read something to you. Let me read something to you. If you live, watch this now. If you live for pleasure alone, enjoyment will decrease unless the intensity of the pleasure increases. Then you reach a point of diminishing returns when there is little or no enjoyment at all, only bondage. For example, let me give you an example. The more that people drink, the less enjoyment they get out of it. This means they must have more drinks and stronger drinks in order to have pleasure. The sad result is a desire without satisfaction. In other words, if it would come to food, you're still hungry, but you can't get full. You're still starving, but you cannot fulfill that, that appetite. Instead of alcohol, substitute drugs, gambling, sex, money, fame, or any other pursuit, and the principle will hold true. When pleasure alone is the center of life, the result will ultimately be disappointment and emptiness. You see, the devil will tell you, oh, if you just had an affair with that woman, if you could just have sex with that woman or, or spend the night with that man or, or if you could just, if you could just uh, buy that house or buy that car, you, you, you constantly keep doing these things and, and it still leaves you empty. Got to drink, got to drink a drink. Oh, it, it makes me feel good for just a little bit, for just a little bit. But then you have to have a stronger drink. Then you have to have more drink. Then now all of a sudden, it doesn't matter how much you drink. You still are not fulfilled. You're still not satisfied. You still feel empty. And now you're in bondage. Now you're addicted to whatever that issue is. You could be addicted to alcohol. You could be addicted to drugs. You could be addicted to sex. You could be addicted to all of these things. And it pulls you in slowly. Now, all of a sudden, you have a desire. You have an appetite that you cannot fulfill. You have, have something you can be starving to death and still not have an appetite. 
listen, unfulfilled. This world will leave you empty. This world will leave you unfulfilled, unsatisfied. And here we find the richest man ever to live, the wisest man ever to live, the most powerful man ever to live. God said, okay, I'm going to let you have all that. I'm going to let you have everything that this world has to offer. Just to prove a point, just to show you something. Just so you will see the truth. So he, he, lets, he lets Solomon experience it all. He lets Solomon go through it all and, and see it all and do it all. Have it all. And he said, you know what the end result was? Emptiness. Emptiness. Vanity. That's why you see millionaires commit suicide. To us, it seems like they have it all. To us, they should be the happiest people in the world. To us, they can have anything they want. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, women, men, uh, 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 possessions, houses, lands, entertainment, whatever it is. But yet they're so unfulfilled. They're so unhappy. They take their own lives. You know, they've come to the same conclusion as Solomon came to. Unfulfilled, unsatisfied, vanity, vanity. He's saying empty, empty, all is emptiness. All is vain. Everything this world has to offer will leave you empty. You hear what he's saying? Everything that this world has to offer will leave you empty. Will leave you empty. Now, now, let's don't leave it right there. Let's don't leave it right there. We see the subject, King Solomon The search was to find fulfillment and satisfaction without God. Here on this earth with what this earth has to offer. Then number three, I want you to see the secret. All right, let's let's, let's end this on a positive note. Let's look at the secret. We find the secret, we, we see the source of satisfaction. Look in chapter number two in verse number 24. All right, chapter two in verse number 24. There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. Now, let me now let me translate what he's saying right here. It is really not complicated. He said there's nothing better in life for than the ability for a man to enjoy the work of his, his hands. In other words, there's nothing better than for somebody to be able to enjoy the life that he has worked for. Okay. The ability to enjoy it, nothing better than that. Nothing better than to be able to sit down and enjoy your family. Nothing better than to sit down and enjoy the works of your hands. And nothing better than to just have fine enjoyment in your life. He said there's nothing better than that. Than the ability to enjoy. Okay? That's what you got to get that. Not enjoyment itself, but the ability. The ability to be able to enjoy what you have. Okay? Nothing better than that. Now watch what he says. He says this, this what? The ability to enjoy what you have. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. You get that? You get that? Let me, let me kind of put it this way. You can buy a bed, but you can't buy sleep. You can buy food, but you can't buy an appetite. You can buy a house, but you can't buy a home. In other words, there are certain things, there are certain things that cannot be bought. Do you realize the ability to enjoy what you have cannot be bought? It comes from the hand of God. 
That's why there's people all over this planet that has more than they could ever ask for, but they don't have the ability to enjoy it. They don't have, they have families, large families, but they don't have the ability to enjoy their families. They're miserable. They're unfulfilled. They're unsatisfied because it is not in the ability to purchase the, the thing. It is not in the, the ability to acquire the, the issue, the, 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 the house or the car or the, the clothes or the jewelry or whatever it might be. That's not where it comes from. The ability to enjoy it comes from the hand of God. Now do you see why this was such an impossible task? Why that he was going in circles? Why he would have never been able to succeed in his search because he was looking under the heaven. Now, what does that tell me? My ability to enjoy my wife and my children and my possessions and my, my life that God has given me. Hey, listen, the ability to enjoy it is not going to be from the ability to get it. It's going to come from God. He is the source. He is the source of fulfillment and satisfaction. And you know what's so great about that? It doesn't matter if you have a little house or a big house. If he gives you the ability to enjoy it, it doesn't matter what you have. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be powerful. You don't have to have all the fame and the fortune. You don't have to have the, 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 the big car, the big house. God can give you the ability to enjoy whatever it is that you already have. And if you, listen, if you don't enjoy what you have, you won't enjoy what you get. Do you hear what I just said? If you don't enjoy what you already have, you're not going to be able to enjoy what you're going to get. Because it doesn't come from the stuff. According to this verse, it comes from the hand of God. The hand of God. Solomon learned something. He said, if I keep searching under the heaven, if I keep searching under the sun, I'm never going to be happy. I'm never going to be fulfilled because fulfillment doesn't come from under the heavens. It comes from seeking the heavens. It comes from the hand of God. Yes, you can buy a bed, but it's God that gives you sleep. Yes, you can, you can, you can have money to purchase stuff, but it's God that gives you the ability to enjoy it and have peace in your heart about it. You see, the source of satisfaction, it comes from God. Look what it says in verse 26. Look what it says in verse 26. In verse 24, it says, this also I saw that it was from the hand of God. The ability to enjoy and be fulfilled come from the hand of God. Now watch what it says. For God, verse 26, for God giveth, God giveth. Say that with me right where you are. All you fair... Fairview family, all you Coleman campus family, everybody say it right where you are. God giveth. Say it right there. Say it again. Say it again. God giveth. Say it again like you mean it. Right where you are. I don't care where you are. God giveth. It God that gives it. God giveth to a man that is good in his sight, wisdom, knowledge, and joy. Say that word with me. And joy. It is God that does it. It is coming from him. 
But to the sinner, but to the sinner, he giveth travail to gather and to heap up that he may give to him that is good before God. This also is vanity and vexation of spirit. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. If you're looking for fulfillment and satisfaction anywhere, anywhere, and in anything or in anyone but God, you're wasting your time. Let me say it this way. If you think that new car that you really, 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 really want real bad is going to make you finally fulfilled, you're going to be sad when you get it. If you think having that new house, if you think, oh, oh, if you're expecting, let me say this, this is real good marriage advice. If you're expecting to be fulfilled by your mate, you're wasting your time. She don't have what it takes to fulfill you. Listen, he don't have what it takes to fulfill you. You're going to waste your time. Solomon had 1,000 women, 700 wives and 300 concubines. And he felt empty. Felt empty. Wilt Chamberlain, it was a famous deal. One of the books he, 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 he helped write or, or whatever. He talked about all the women he had. And it was tons and tons and tons of women. Some, some said over 1,000. And you know what he said? You know what he said? He said, I would trade them all for just one that I knew that loved me. I'd have traded them all. You know what he said? After having all, all of the opposite sex, it left me empty. But yet this world will sell it, will sell sex in magazines. And, and, and listen, they're using sex to sell everything, including cheeseburgers. Oh, if they can just, if you can just have that person or this person. Oh, if you can just have that thing or this thing. If, it, if, if, oh, if my kid was more like that person's kid or my relationship was more like. You're running around in circles. Trying to find something that is not there. If you're tired and unfulfilled. You have no joy. You have no peace. You're looking in the wrong place. You're looking in the wrong things to find happiness and fulfillment. Solomon figured this out at the end of his journey. He said, this is all vanity. Nothing on this earth has made me happy or fulfilled my soul. It's only left me feeling empty. Life without God is nothing but emptiness. Now, there's no way, there's no way that we can Stop this on this note because it's discouraging and depressing. So what do we do? What do we do? I want to flip to the last chapter. I want to flip to chapter number, chapter number 12. And I want you to look. I want you to look in verse 13. All right. Chapter 12 in verse 13. I don't think they have it on the screen, but you, you just look at it right there. We saw the secret was the, the source of satisfaction. It comes from the hand of God. It comes from the hand of God. The securing. 
If you're writing notes down, write this down for your notes. The securing of satisfaction. How do I get it? How do I find fulfillment? How do I find fulfillment? Look what it says in verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Fear God. And keep it. And let me say this. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. That's how we would say, let's sum it all up. This is what it all boils down to. When he, when he went and under the earth, when he searched for it all, he experienced it all. He bought it all. He had it all. Everything the world had to offer left me empty. He said, but this is what I learned. Let's, this is what it all boils down to. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Preacher, what are you saying? Well, let's, let's, let's kind of wrap this up with an with a application, if you will. All right? Uh, I'm going to give you three things. Three things to secure fulfillment in life. Three things, okay? If the whole duty of man is to fear him and obey him, if our responsibility is to honor God and follow God, uh, and and the only person or the only place that we're going to find fulfillment is in him, is by his hand. Here's, Here's what I want you to do, and here's what I want you to practice, and here's what I want you to apply. The first step to finding true fulfillment in life, number one, is salvation. Is salvation. You have to be born again. You have to be born again. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah 12 two, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord. Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Watch this now. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Listen, the source of salvation, or excuse me, the source of joy is through salvation. You, 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 you have not begun to live till you are saved. You've not begun to experience real life until you are saved, until you are born again. Until you come to know Christ as your Savior. Until you know him as your Savior and he indwells you with his spirit. You have no idea what real joy and real satisfaction and real fulfillment is all about. You have to be saved. Man, I, 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 you, you go in the Gospels and you read about the woman at the well. You read about the woman at the well. Here she is. She's had all those husbands and she ain't even married to the one she was living with. And she comes to a well. Why do people go to a well? Because they're thirsty. They're needing, they're, they're, they have a, a, a thirst for water. And, and look, here's, here's a type, a picture of the sinner who is thirsty, who is unsatisfied, who is unfulfilled. And she is carrying her pot that represents that burden, that, that burden. She has to fill this pot with water. She comes to Jesus and you know the story, make a long story short. She believes in Jesus. She is saved. She's, she's born again at this well and she leaves the pot at the well and runs off to tell everybody what that Jesus is the Messiah. Come see a man who's done told me everything. Come see a man who's taken away my burden. Come see a man who's fulfilled me. 
He said, in you will be a, a, a river of life, of water springing up into everlasting life. You will be fulfilled. And this woman, when she couldn't find fulfillment in, in, in relationships and she couldn't find fulfillment in any part of her life, she found fulfillment in Jesus. She found satisfaction in Jesus. She found real joy in Jesus. Listen, you got to be saved. You got to know Christ as your savior. That's first. That's first. And secondly, if you want to find true fulfillment in life, and, and, and this is important, guys, this is probably the most difficult one for most of you that are watching. I, I don't know. I don't know that there's a whole lot of lost people watching. I hope there are. I hope there are people that, that need to know Jesus and will come to Jesus because of what they're learning tonight. But I believe there's a majority of you guys out there that are saved. You've gone to church most of your life, but yet you're still unfulfilled. And this is the reason you're unfulfilled is because you know Jesus as your savior, but you're not surrendered to his will in your life. You're not surrendered. Let me tell you what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present you. You bring yourself to him. Ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. You're born again, but you're not completely surrendered to his perfect will in your life. God may want you to be a teacher. God may want you to be a preacher. God may want you to be a missionary on a foreign field. God may want you to, listen, become a disciple maker. Join DMD and learn how to win people to Christ. But you're not surrendered. You're not surrendered. And you're wondering why you're not happy. You're wondering why you're not fulfilled. Man, there was a time in my life I run from God a long time because he was calling me to preach and calling me uh, 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 to into the ministry. And I was scared to death, scared to death to do what God wanted me to do, to do what. And sometimes I was scared because of what I thought he wanted me to do. But man, I'm telling you, there is nothing in this world. There is nothing in this world that will bring more peace and more satisfaction and more joy in your life than the complete surrender to him. Saying, God, wherever, whenever, however, you, Lord, I am yours. I am yours. Here am I. Send me. I promise you, total surrender will bring total fulfillment and satisfaction. So we got to be saved. We got to be surrendered. Then lastly, we have to be seeking him on a daily basis. We need to pursue him. We need to pursue him. Boy, these verses are so, so great. Psalm 63, 1 says, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Watch this now. Watch this. My soul shall be, what's that word? Go ahead and say it right where you are. What's that word? My soul shall be satisfied. Satisfied. 
as with marrow and fatness and my mouth shall praise thee with what? What kind of lips? Joyful lips. Joyful, satisfied. Satisfied, joyful. Where does that take place? When we're seeking him. When we want to feel his presence, when we want to experience his touch, we want to feel his blessings on our life. When we're praying and seeking him, seeking his direction, seeking his purpose for our life, seeking his presence, just coming to worship, not to ask for anything, not to ask for direction, not to ask for 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 uh, provision, but just to say, Lord, I just want to be with you. I just want to feel your presence and I just want to, I want want to feel your touch. I want to feel your blessings. That's him. If we was to learn to seek him. If you, preacher, I just want to be satisfied. Number one, salvation. You got to be saved. Nobody will ever find fulfillment and joy and satisfaction without knowing Jesus as your savior. You won't find it as a Christian until you're fully surrendered. Until you're fully committed and surrendered to his will for your life. Number three, until you learn to seek him on a daily basis. Learn to walk in his presence. Learn to operate in his presence. Seek his presence. It says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. In thy, in thy presence there's pleasures evermore. Just being in his presence. Feeling his his hands and his arms wrapped around you. Man, there's nothing as fulfilling as being with God and experiencing his presence. Now, I want to I read a song. I want to read a song. I, I, if, if I remember right, my mom, my mom told me my, my granddad used to sit around and pick a guitar and play this. Uh, and the song, the title of it is called A Satisfied Mind. A satisfied mind. And we'll close with this. I want you to, I want you to look at this. This song <clears throat> was written by Joe Red Hayes and Jack Rhodes. Hayes explained the origin of the song in an interview. The song came from my mother, he said. Everything in the song are things I heard her say over the years. I put a lot of thought into the song before I came up with a title. One day, my father-in-law One day, my father-in-law asked me who I thought the richest man in the world was, who I thought the richest man in the world was. And I mentioned some names and he said, you're wrong. He said, you're wrong. He said, the richest man in the world is a man with a satisfied mind. Now look at, look at the verses. Look at the verses. Watch this. It starts with how many times have you heard someone say, if I had his money, I would do things my way, but little they know that it's so hard to find one rich man in 10 with a satisfied mind. Once I was waiting in fortune and fame, everything that I dreamed for to get a start in life's game, but suddenly it happened. I lost every dime, but I'm richer by far with a satisfied mind. Money can't buy back your youth when you're old. Or a friend when you're lonely or a love that's grown cold. The wealthiest person is a pauper at times compared to the man with a satisfied mind. When life has ended and my time has run out, my friends and my loved ones, I'll leave. There's no doubt. But there's one thing for certain when it comes my time, I'll leave this old world with a satisfied mind.
Ladies and gentlemen, as we close, my prayer for you tonight is that you'll have a satisfied mind. That you'll live a life that's fulfilling. That you'll live a life of satisfaction and joy. That you'll be able to say, I've got a satisfied mind. Listen, it starts with those three things. Salvation. Surrender. And seeking him. If you're not saved tonight, I want to I take a, just a second and let you know what the Bible says about salvation. It says that we're all sinners. Romans chapter 3 verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's nobody immune to this. Excuse me, we've all failed and made mistakes. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Romans 6 23, that sin has to be paid for. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, in, 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 in the book of Romans it says, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Commendeth means to put on display. God said, I, I, I don't want to just tell you I love you, I want to show you I love you. And he sent his son to die on the cross for you. Basically to take your place. You see, your sin had to be paid for. My sin had to be paid for. So instead of you having to pay it, he sent his only begotten son. The son that he loved more than anything to pay for your sin. Now it says in Romans chapter 10, if we'll confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. It says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you will pray right now, right where you are, and ask God to forgive you of your sin, if you're ready to turn from your sin and turn to him, the Bible says we must repent. We must turn from what we were to what he wants us to be. Believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. Ask him to forgive us and save us. He'll save you today. Listen, if you need to do that, if you need to do that, if you'll comment, if you'll comment uh, there, we'll contact you and we'll help you with that. And we'll, we'll do whatever we, we need to do to help you make sure that you know Jesus as your Savior. Just say, I need to pray and or I need someone to contact me. Just put that in the in the in the the, the content or the, the the comment section there and we'll get back to you very, very quickly. OK. God bless you all. Hey, let's, let's live a fulfilled life, a satisfied life. It only comes at the hand of God. Y'all have a good evening. We'll see y'all Sunday.